Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we explore the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. Uh, I'm Jeff Brass Switches Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron. Oh man, I even wrote Matt down to do, do Matt the Devil's Mustache Heron. I, <laughs> I remember now. God yeah. damn it, I forgot. Why the Devil's Mustache? Is that uh, like a sex thing? I mean, maybe, but it came up last week for some <laughs> reason, and I just wrote down the Devil's Mustache. You know what? I listened to last week's episode yesterday, and I don't remember why it came up, but I remember mm-hmm. that it did come up, so yep. that's true. I feel like we've uncovered some like modulation in the frequency of our voices or something, so that that everything we say is meaningless and forgettable? Yes. <laughs> is yes. that just podcasts? No, that's life. So. No, I think uh, that's podcasts. Yeah, that's definitely podcasts. I never know anything I've ever said or done. Yeah, <laughs> well, true. yes, but you personally have a memory that is not always totally reliable. That's true. And a drinking yeah. problem. <laughs> well, uh... Is the problem too much or too little? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forget. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not taxing my liver enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to work out my liver more. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is just the mm. right amount, but the wrong substance. Mm. I've been drinking paint thinner. Mm. Mm. So spicy, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's the ultimate forbidden fruit. Uh, can you imagine how bad your breath would be? <laughs> That's got to be related to alcohol, all right? Because turpentine is made from trees. Yes. Which just like beer. Just one step over, yeah, from every kind of alcohol. <laughs> well, a lot of paint thinner is based on mineral spirits these That's days. That's true. And it's got spirits in the name, mm-hmm. so it, I think it must have some ethanol No, content. it's it's the other kind. <clears throat> oh, like ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> it's the ghosts of rocks? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thinning out your paint? You know, whenever people talk about, like, mineral oil, I only think of, like, when you talk about uh, sapphire oil. I imagine safflower fl- plants being pressed so the oil comes out. So I imagine mm-hmm. rocks being pressed in a big press to get the oil out. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Mineral oil is... It bad sounds bad, right? It sounds like... Yes. Like, I, I could see Bernie Sanders being like, and mineral oil is poisoning everyone in Iowa, and I'd be like, yep. Yeah. It's it true. It is bad. You're not supposed to put it in, like, cosmetics and stuff anymore, even though they love to do that post-war. What is it? Which, like, what which is it war? The uh, World War II. That's when we developed, you know, modern life, I guess, post-World War II. That's mm-hmm. what I usually think of. That's when the primordial ooze came out of the sludge pits and... Yeah. Formed the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes, that's the secret of the ooze. Is that they are all a hundred years old. Mm, yeah. That's why they're steampunk, like we talked about before. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Turtles age much slower than humans, while well, tortoises, which uh, is the yeah. same thing. Mineral spirits are extremely poisonous, by the way. Makes sense. Well, yeah. Not in the way that, like consumable alcohol distilled spirits are. Like, in a way that, like, you can't drink them or you'll die and go insane in that order. Wait, does it matter if you go insane after you die? (laughs) (laughs) If you leave leave an insane ghost behind you. Yeah, your ghost is insane. Live fast, drink pain thinner, and leave an insane ghost. (laughs) (laughs) You just came up with next year's Halloween theme. Oh my god, really good. Uh, Do you think the only way to throw the ultimate Halloween party would be to have everyone kill themselves during the party? No, that's called a cult. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Jonestown Massacre, the ultimate Halloween party. Jesus Christ, Matt. 
so scary. It was scary. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually scary. Like, we had it on video, it sucked. Yeah, I'm saying the only way to really have a truly terrifying Halloween party... Is, is to kill all your friends. Yes. <laughs> Although, Matt, you have come up with a good idea, because when I think of the cult we're going to have one day, I always just mm-hmm. ma- imagine people in, like, robes and casual wear like they tend to wear for cults. Yeah. But what if we insisted that everyone wore a Halloween costume every day? Ooh, that's so good. I thought you were going to say, what if you had them wear robes and nothing underneath? That would be great for parties. Yeah, well, you want to stop your cult from becoming a sex cult, but there's Why? no way to stop it. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen anyway. Why not just lean into it? <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why. Um, well, then the Halloween costumes will help even more, you see. <laughs> I don't see. Will people get horny for Halloween costumes? <laughs> oh, no, I do see <laughs> Depends that. Depends on the Halloween costume, I guess. Sheet ghosts usually aren't exciting. Although, what's under that sheet? You sheet know? ghosts. Exactly. Who knows? Yep. Sheet ghosts. Yeah. What? I right. didn't make that up. That's a thing. I know. It's just a really funny way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I always think about sheet cake when I hear sheet ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a flat oh, rectangular a ghost. Yep. Uh, guys, did you know, I just found this out the other day, that the Star Wars Holiday Special aired directly the night before the Jonestown Massacre? Fuck. Uh, coincidence? I think not. It's, I, I like that fact almost as much as I like the fact that Doctor Who premiered the day JFK was assassinated. Yeah, I have heard that. <laughs> uh, it played into that, uh, movie with What's-His-Face. Uh. Oh, sure. Which? Uh, oh, uh, David Bradley. He played right. the guy who played the first Doctor. Yes. Yeah. He assassinated JFK, is yep. that what you're saying? Yeah, he climbed at his TARDIS, assassinated JFK. <laughs> at the time, the TARDIS could move through space, but not through time. <laughs> yeah. It was only a spaceship. That's it, was it was called, called the, the Artist. <laughs> Good job, everyone. <laughs> We all got there. Uh, Cardis is very good, although it sounds like a town in Wales. Specifically that one town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, all the towns in Wales sound almost identical. Unless they have the names that is just like five G's and F's all in a row alternating. It's true. Take that, Wales. Yeah, suck it, Wales. too easy for too long. <laughs> no one ever makes fun of the Welsh. Yeah. Oh man, what's up with Christian Bale's accent, am I right? Yeah, he yeah. doesn't know what he is anymore. Take that, Wales. Yep. What did you do this week, Matt? Uh, I... Okay, I'm gonna give you guys a multiple choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Um, I... All of the above. Okay, well, I'll go very briefly here, and I will say, first of all, uh, I started playing Persona 4 Golden again because of Uh-oh. us talking about it last week, <laughs> and I think I'm gonna actually finish it this time. Impossible. Oh, you need yeah, we'll 500 I mean, hours. Like, yeah, it's like 400 hours long, so we'll see, but uh, it's nice that it's portable. But it made me realize, like, I miss having a portable gaming console, and I know Jeff is about to say the Switch, and I'm not... I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the Switch. <laughs> oh, no, I blocked you, Jeff. <laughs> the Switch is good. too big to comfortably hold for a long time. That's and true. not to be too blue, but it's too big to comfortably hold while you're, like, brushing your teeth Jacking and going off. to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> Start using your Nintendo 3DS again. I guess, but I, I do like my PlayStation Vita, which is what I'm playing Persona 4 I see. on. And That's I want fine. there to be a new one, or more games on this one, but Didn't neither. They- the new Switch that 
uh, doesn't have removable Joy-Cons like the cheapo Switch. Isn't that smaller, or is it the same size? It is smaller, yes. Is there a way to make your game continue from one to the other? Or uh, I think you can transfer all your stuff to the other one, and that's it. Yeah, that sucks. I don't want that. Yeah, well, nobody okay. wants that. I just think that I, I'm actually quite surprised that neither Microsoft nor Sony seems to care about handheld gaming anymore. Uh, I think the phones have taken that over, and they have to be prestigious and console-based, or they won't be able to charge you so much money. I think that Nintendo cares so much about handheld gaming that they made their main thing also be handheld. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't anyone want to take a piece of that pie? Nope. I don't think they do, because that's something more that kids and young people use. Yeah, you could just play your PS4 games through the app on your phone if you want to. Yeah, that sucks, though. Yeah. always is bad. <laughs> yep, but nobody bought the Vita, so... <clears throat> I have one, and it still doesn't work very good, even with the Vita. <laughs> I mean... Bringing endorsement. <laughs> I mean, yep. like, to play PlayStation games in general on a portable system. They oh, were just well, like, ah, true. nobody wants to do that, so we're just going to do an app. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, okay, so that was the one thing I wanted to talk about. The other thing, Louisa, specifically for you, uh-huh. I have several recommendations from my okay. household to you. <laughs> All right. Number one, have you watched the PBS series, The Durrells in Corfu? What the no. hell? Although I see ads for it, and then I can't remember if I started watching it. Did it start literally ten years ago? Uh, it's on season five now, so mm. I think, but who knows? I mean, PBS- Right. Airing schedule, who knows. But um, anyway, I think you would like it. I have not been watching it, but Jen has been really into it. And uh, whenever I walk past, it reminds me of uh, All Creatures Great and Small, that series you watched when we were kids. Yes. So. Yeah, I might. Um, the one I saw was a British family with a bunch of kids who moved to, like, Greece or somewhere. Yes, that's the one. Okay, so maybe this is continuation of that. Uh, the mother was the one who played uh, Umbridge in Harry Potter. Oh, no, no, okay. no. Maybe it's this a is different thing. It might be the same book adaptation, but different series of it. Okay. Yeah, I might anyway, check it out. Okay. It's pretty good. It's all on, or the first three seasons are on um, Amazon Prime, I think, so. Okay. Anyway, second of all, I started watching and then finished watching all of a YouTube series called Defunct Land. Have mm, you heard of that? this? No. No, what's that? <clears throat> it's this guy who does a video, uh, like a 15-minute video deep dive on the history of every failed amusement park ride ever. Ooh. With, like, how it came to be, why it was made, and why it failed, and it's really good. Hmm. I know, Louisa, you like Disney stuff a lot, mm-hmm. um, and they do a lot of ones about, like, why the fuck did anyone ever think it was a good idea to make a 50,000 Leagues Under the Sea or whatever ride? <laughs> that was 20, so fun, though. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. I really like they always show like TV ads from when that ride first came out. So it's a lot of like people in the seventies being like, Hey man, do you want to get crazy on wavy gravy and then go ride on the HR puff and stuff ride, which is a real (laughs) thing that happened and is terrifying. Oh man. I really love that. Uh, the first episode is about Alien Encounter, the scariest ride at Disney World. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, one word of warning in the beginning, there's sort of a conceit that he's 
pretending he's making a new park and he's going to put all of these old rides into a new park <laughs> called Defunct Land. Okay. Uh, mm. He gives that up pretty quickly, although oh, he's good. talking about now um, making like a virtual reality thing where you can ride all of the rides that have failed because there's okay. a lot of video of them. And I think that would be actually amazing. Yeah. I'll be impressed when he does it. Yeah. <laughs> Hearing about it is not so much. But yeah, that sounds like a really interesting uh, idea. Yeah, and then he- that led me to go down a rabbit hole of watching videos of all of the different haunted mansions and all the oh, different yeah. parks. Oh my god! I oh, that, that French, French one! one have you guys- so much! Oh. Oh. oh, the French one is so much better <laughs> than the American ones. Yeah. Why? Very what makes funny. it better? Do they sing grim, grim grinning ghosts in French? Uh, no, they sing it in English. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> the, so, in the American version, the story of it is a bunch of ghosts live in this house, I guess? Period. That's the whole story. <laughs> the French one is uh, a rich old land baron uh, was overprotective of his daughter and killed all of her suitors. And then after he died, his ghost continued to kill everyone who was interested in his daughter. So the ride is you going through her insane in her old mansion trying to have a wedding, but everyone else there is ghosts. And the Phantom is trying to kill you for being interested in marrying his daughter and it's so fucking cool ha huh. Oh, I love that. God, I love the Haunted Mansion so much. I love even the two American versions, which are very similar. Yeah. The one in uh, California, which came first, is in New Orleans Square, the part of that park. So it's meant to look like an antebellum um, mansion. Yeah. And then the one in uh, Disney World <clears throat> excuse me, is in Liberty Square, which is sort of colonial. So it's meant to be like a creepy old New England brick kind of mansion. Yeah. And just, oh man, even that much have, I love. Have you watched videos? of the Chinese one? No. Okay, so let me tell you about this. Apparently, (laughs) it is illegal in China to have a public display that implies the existence of ghosts. Mm, I've heard that. And so, their haunted mansion is called Mystic Manor, and it's about a bad monkey that opens a magic music box that brings objects to life, like in uh, Night at the Museum. (laughs) Awesome! What a great idea! I know, and it's so good! I watched a video of it, it's radical! It's so fucking awesome! Oh man. That- Does Tokyo Disneyland have one? Uh, I don't even know. It does, but it is very similar to the United States sense. ones. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So, like, if you have, like, three hours to spare, I highly recommend watching back-to-back all the different <laughs> uh, ride-throughs of all the different um, haunted mansions, because it's so good. Yeah. I oh. love that if I hear some of the pre-show of that uh, ride, it, like, activates me like a Manchurian candidate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I can feel goosebumps on my skin when you hear us. Uh, some of the things that the <laughs> ghost host says. Just oh, start man. assembling a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I must kill Vincent Price. <laughs> Louisa, he's already dead. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, I'm sad. <laughs> Does the Tower of Terror still exist in uh, any of them? In Florida, yes. In okay. California, no. Yeah. Man, the Tower of Terror is awesome. I love yeah. a Twilight I Zone episode. I hope they never get rid of it in Florida because the trouble I don't is... care about Guardians of the Galaxy at all. Yeah. No, but the trouble is Disney doesn't own um, the Twilight Zone. CBS still owns that, so they still pay for the licensing for it, so they're always looking for ways to maybe get rid of it in the future, which I, uh, yeah. I want to You say. guys should really watch Defunct Land, because he gets into 
all of this stuff about a bunch of different rides. Man, I, I would, I just like if it has to become a Guardians of the Galaxy thing, that's gonna suck. That's not scary. Make it spooky. Yeah, I was saying the other day, it's a crime that the way that the Magic Kingdom is laid out is that there's Adventureland, then Frontierland, and then Liberty Square all in a row, mm-hmm. and the themes of them seem to be. America a long time ago, America not as long ago, and then America uh, fairly recently. <laughs> yeah. Make those all one, and then make a new one called, like, Villain Land or something, and that's where you could have Haunted Mansion, and you could have all the scary rides, and it would be so fucking great. And now that they own Fox, they could replace the Lilo and Stitch ride with Alien Encounter again, but have it be the <laughs> alien from Alien. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to push the Magic Kingdom in a direction that's more for younger children, and they're putting stuff for older children in the other park. Alright, make a whole park that's Villain Park. That would be so good. It would be Halloween Town and everything. Oh my god! Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Everyone loves those villains now. They're the new heroes. Guys, did you know that Kevin Pollack and Kathy Najimy are in the Alien Encounter ride? Yes. Yes. I've ridden on the Alien Encounter ride several times. I did too. I just didn't remember. Did you know that Jeffrey Jones, known child pornographer, is the main character? Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, there he is. Uh, And also Phil Hartman and Tim Curry are there. Yep. Uh, That's a weird era. He's a sassy robot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then my last thing is that I I started watching My Hero Academia and it sucks. Oh, wow. I remember you being skeptical several years ago. What is why, what sucks about, about it? it? I mean, like I'm enjoying watching it, but it objectively sucks. It's like the most anime bullshit. <laughs> like I was just watching one where they were all trapped in a big uh, simulator of disasters to practice saving people, and then villains broke in, and it was like. 11 episodes of them being like, oh no, what can we do? We'll have to figure out what to do. Does anyone know what to do? I'm not sure what to do. End of episode. Episode 2. Have we figured out what to do yet? No? Does anyone know? Anything? No? End of episode. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I hate this show, but it's fun. Pacing is part of why I uh, don't watch anime and instead read the mangas. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Whole chunks. What? Also the fact that the, Did like... You just skip whole chunks. The- what? I thought Jeff was asking me what I said. Yeah, I was. And I said, you just can skip whole chunks that way. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't skip chunks. Talking about just... the Dragon Ball Z character Trunks. Yeah, Ooh. you can skip the Trunks saga that way. I mean, you kind of can. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I really hate the way that the main uh, superhero in My Hero Academia, uh, All Might, is drawn, where his eyes are always in shadow, and he's like... Smiling in a way that is terrible. I hate him so much. No, I like him. No, he's terrible. He's the symbol of hope. I love when he first shows up and some of the characters are like, wow, he's drawn in a different art style. I think that's a fun joke. Yeah, they don't do that in the show, so I uh, don't get that joke. But uh, also, he's just so badly drawn. I, whatever art style he's in, I hate it. <laughs> I think he's right. designed to look more like uh, like Silver Age American superhero. Maybe, but why is her, are his eyes always in shadow? Uh, I don't know. I what I really like hate Adams. is is his non muscle form. That's what I hate about him. He looks like a skeleton when he's in non muscle form, and you know I'm into that. Yeah, that's your favorite thing is a skeleton. It's true. I just think that it's insane that they don't ever address the fact that he's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Well, he only has the two shapes. I don't know that that counts. He can shift between them. That counts. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess werewolves are shapeshifters, and they've only got the two. Yeah. The Incredible yeah, Hulk is a shapeshifter. That. You true. know, I've never thought of him that way. Yeah, I never think of him at all. It's not true. That's all I ever think about is the Incredible <laughs> Hulk. <laughs> and She-Hulk sometimes. <laughs> only in private. <laughs> yeah. In the way that Gross. I'm always horny for skeletons, Jeff is only horny for She-Hulk. <laughs> What about Skeletor? <clears throat> oh, that yes. ticks, that ticks both of our boxes. It does. <laughs> Skeletor is the midpoint between skeletons and sheep. <laughs> I don't understand oh. how, but sure. He's a muscly body a, skull yeah. head. Super okay. muscly. All right. Yeah. yeah, he's a big beefy skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Oh Christ. Perfect. Okay. Anyway, Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, I'm gonna totally cheat because you'll understand when I start saying it. But this week and last weekend, uh, since we've last recorded, uh, I went to see Sonic the Hedgehog the movie with you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, that is cheating because we were all there. How was it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't hate it. I think you guys both disliked it a lot more than I did. Yep. I thought it wasn't very good, but it reminded me of a lot of not very good movies that I saw as a kid, so it gave me some nostalgia that way. And I just listened to the podcast, The Besties, and their whole episode this past week was about the movie, and oh, they yeah, all Sorry, they all absolutely loved it. So it was really interesting to hear their perspectives on it. Huh. So I think maybe I think it's an okay movie. Not good, but okay. Uh, I I liked watching it, but it was a bad movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, I don't know how. I'm interested to listen to this episode because I respect the opinions of the guys on the Besties, but I really did not like that movie. Yeah. I remember there being a line in it where I was so angry, I like had to clench my <laughs> fist to keep from yelling. <laughs> where they get to, they're driving to a place, and they get out, and then the woman says, "Why did we let Sonic drive?" Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> And yeah, why? Really yeah, guys. Yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, guys. Why did you let Sonic drive? Oh, he wanted to. Who could say no to him? He's adorable. <laughs> but come on, I he's could. not even tall enough to <laughs> hit the pedals. Okay. <laughs> what are you saying? You can't do that, movie. You can't do that. Uh, it's fine. It's just a throwaway joke. Uh, it's not good, but it's fine. It's not. <laughs> Uh, I like some of the little jokes like that, and I think that they save the movie from being completely insufferable. Yeah. I appreciated that it had a sense of humor, but you you have to have more of a joke than just, hey, that was, this thing is stupid, huh? Not in a kid's movie, you don't. And I, I think that's know. the crossover there, yeah. That's the other thing. I found it to be the... the the thing that bothered me about it in general, I guess, is what you're saying, is that it was such a kids movie in the style of modern kids movies where there's the inevitable fart and the inevitable, like, slightly racy joke and the inevitable somebody doing something very, like, uh, innocent in a way where people are, like, uh, suspicious of them. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, it was so formulaically a kids movie that it made me furious. Yes. That's I was fine. glad of one thing that you guys might not have picked up on, but uh, this is a, a movie where a guy befriends a weird creature that has to keep hidden from society. That's kind of a, a movie trope, especially yeah, that's a TV. genre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But his wife is not a total bitch about it, and 
he doesn't have to hide the creature specifically from her. And I really appreciated that. I really appreciated that she wasn't written to be that one-dimensional female character in that way. Yeah. I do think it's funny that they just added a sister character for her to do all of those plot things (laughs) that (laughs) normally a wife would do. And I love that that sister character hated James... Marston. uh, Marston. I almost said James Spader. (laughs) God, that would be a different movie, huh? (laughs) Yes. Completely different. No, that sister hated James Marsden. And listen, if your sister married incredibly handsome, rich, and, like, talented man James Marsden, mm-hmm. what could you possibly be angry about? Him having Sonic the Hedgehog right. in his basement? No, I think she's right in this movie because he's a cop. His character's well, a cop. Yeah, cops <laughs> are bad. His sister is yeah, right. I mean, that's fair. That. No, this takes place in a fictional world where cops are good. Yeah, that's true. But I, I like to think, in my backstory, is that that's why she hates him. Because she never makes it clear. And yes. you're right, he is a handsome actor, James Marsden, so that carries and him to the kind character. And kind and, like, s- yes. smart. Like, there's nothing about him that is even the mildest bit objectionable. Yes, except that he's a cop, so in my mind, that's why. Got it. <laughs> I mean, that would make more sense. If she, if she like... I don't know, keyed his car, his cop car or something just once, I'd be more into it. (laughs) Uh, But you're right, and she has a lot of great lines, so I like her. She's a character who's one-dimensional, she's just there to be mad about things, and it's funny in his (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that, to be fair, you could describe me that way in life. When you enjoy (laughs) that one dimension. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. It just didn't have any, it didn't do anything clever with the kids movie stuff that you expect. That's fine, but I think it did something that you in the past have said you'd like. In fact, last week on this very podcast. Ooh, get him. Get his ass. (laughs) Let me go over the notes. No, I don't have anything written down. But you like when something doesn't explain too much about the backstory of the world. And boy, this movie does not. But you have to tell me why Sonic the Hedgehog was raised by owls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't just be like, ah, here we are. We're going to introduce Sonic's mom, Longclaw the Owl, a character that's never showed up in yes. Sonic before. I love uh, many, many people have pointed out that they did, in fact, invent that character for this movie. She doesn't really need to do much, so there's, it's kind of inexplicable. And Sonic the Hedgehog <sighs> is a franchise with so many characters. <laughs> there's yeah. no reason that had to be a new character. He's- if, you're gonna, if you're gonna make up a character to be Sonic's mom, have it be a fucking hedgehog! <laughs> I wouldn't question it! Like, he's previously had moms in the franchise. Yeah. Just take yeah. one of them. Because the beginning starts so quickly with, like, uh, he's a little kid and he's raised by this character, but now he's on his own. I feel like if they imply that his actual mother died, they felt like that would be too sad. Maybe. But they did imply that by having him being raised by somebody who's definitely not his biological mom. Yeah, but maybe she just found his egg in the forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, no. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that James Marsden's career has come to the point where he only does the dumbest shit possible. Yeah. He was also, uh, he wasn't he also die. the human in Hop, which yes. was the same movie, but about the oh, Easter Bunny? Yeah. Correct. Oh, yes. shit. Oh, Jesus Christ, he poor guy. Really, he no, it's really great. goes for it in this movie, though. Like, he seems like he's having a great time. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, in his career in general, I feel like he's having a great time, because he just yeah. doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, but I really like that. He goes for it, and he interacts with this uh, CGI character who's not there on set, but he really is having a great time all the time. I feel like his career was being the incredibly handsome guy in a lot of rom-coms that sort of bled over into being the incredibly handsome guy in action movies, and mm-hmm. then he was in Enchanted, and then after that it's like, only the dumbest shit kids movie movies that come out every year. You are the star in every one of them. But then, also, also Westworld. The in Westworld. Oh, yeah! Inexplicably, oh, he he's in like the main character of Westworld and is pretty good. Yes. I mean, he's not. He, I mean, I guess he's the main character of the park. Okay, the fictional Look, I don't want to talk too Westworld. much because Westworld, I feel, has a great twist in the pilot episode yes, and I don't same. want to give away too much. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. But I think he does a great job on Westworld. And uh, he... I talked about this uh, after we all, our group all split up, uh, so Jeff has heard this before, but uh, James Marsden used to have a joke that he would tell on talk shows and stuff, that he was the guy who never got the girl. Like, whatever he was in, he was the guy that the girl was with before she ended up with whoever is the star of the movie. Yeah, I think, isn't he the one that Lois Lane uh, is dating in (laughs) Superman Returns while Superman is in outer space? Yep. Yep. And he's Cyclops in the X-Men, and uh, yeah, well, Enchanted, wait, hold on. Charming. Cyclops definitely ends up with Jean Grey in the action. Uh, no. She, Until she mark? dies. She <laughs> explodes him at the beginning of X-Men 3. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the whole point of that was a tension between her and Wolverine. So Yeah, she yeah. goes and explodes him because she wants that Wolverine dick. I know I've brought this up many times, but I got furious about it again recently, the fact that Wolverine doesn't have metal teeth, because he'd be so much cooler <laughs> with metal teeth. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, my, the only thing I'm going to be ever angry about is the fact that Wolverine in the movies is six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, but, but metal teeth would be so cool. What if he had metal teeth and he was 5'3"? That would be great. Yes, that would be Who would you cast as him? And don't say Danny DeVito, because we always cast Danny DeVito. Uh, well, the MCU already viciously wasted, um, what's-his-face from Game of Thrones... Can you narrow it down at all? <laughs> uh, the guy who played Tyrion, what's his name? Oh, um, Peter Dinklage? Yeah, Peter Dinklage. No, no. Uh, he would have been oh, a good Wolverine, no. except they already made him that big space dwarf. That's no good. What are you saying? No, it's Wolverine's fine. Wolverine's supposed to be how tall? Not four foot. Even yeah, he's not a little person. He's just yeah. a short man. No, I would be fine having him be as small as possible. <laughs> He's the Adam now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Uh, who could we cast? Um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise would have been a good one in his heyday. Yeah, that's although true. can he grow any kind of beard or stubble? I feel like he can't. what about Peter Jackson? Why the director? He's short and hairy and angry. No, he's he's <laughs> not an actor. Yeah. Well, no, he played King Kong in that King Kong movie, as I understand it. <laughs> Shut up. What about, uh, no, I had to go in for a second. Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell's not bad. Oh, what about Sean Astin? Oh, yes. Yeah. I see that. I'm gonna look I up. I swear I'm not just looking at the Lord of the Rings. Short <laughs> actors. You're like, hmm, what about Elijah Wood, though? The shortest man in Hollywood. I thought about Elijah Wood, but he's too slight. Oh, God. I'm looking at a list, the shortest man in Hollywood. It starts with Humphrey Bogart, who is 5'8", the average height of an American man. <laughs> yeah, Could we get the good. corpse of Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> oh, you know what? Jonah Hill, 5'7", not bad. 
Close. Mm, I don't feel like he has the right energy. Uh, he does now that he's all, like, jacked and has a beard. Oh, shit. Sam Rockwell's 5'9". I thought he was shorter. He plays, yeah. like, a squirrely kind of guy, usually. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. No, I could tell he was tall. Okay, now, this is gonna be a real, uh, wild swing here, but what about, mm-hmm. um, what's that dude who plays the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> uh, Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> he's already playing the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, w- twist. All right, here we go. Daniel Radcliffe at 5'5", five five, I think, yes. has the manic energy to be a Wolverine. I totally not, agree. He would he'd have to put on, role. like, 100 pounds of fuck muscle, though. Yeah, that's fine. He could do it. Yeah, he uh, would totally do that for a role. Oh, Big Bang Theory is over, so we can get Jonathan Galecki. Does he seem too old? Yes. Uh, yes. Kevin Hart. Yes! I, I don't hate it, yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that either. Uh, Kevin Hart was my choice for a while there, uh, but now I'm discovering Seth Green is 5'4". Yeah, I don't feel like <laughs> he is the right I need someone either. who's, like, angry at everything all the time. I see, they started this list at the tallest, and now it's going to shortest. <laughs> Martin Scorsese. <laughs> There we go. Oh, yeah, he already looks like Wolverine. Uh, it's a shame that Prince died. He's 5'2". He's even shorter Ooh. than Wolverine. Fuck. Prince as Wolverine would be the fucking greatest movie that never happened. Holy shit, I would watch that movie so much. He dresses uh, the Joker in Bat Dance. I'm trying to remember the video. He dresses as the Joker in real life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ugh. I mean specifically the Jack Nicholson Joker in Bat Dance? I think so. Alright. What's the name of that dude from Dawson's Creek that wasn't Dawson the other one? Joshua Jackson? Is Fo- he short? I think he's tall. Follow me here. B.D. Mm-hmm. Wong. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like he's, like, feral enough. He's quite polished in his manners. Of- Ooh, but what about, like, <laughs> So uh, was Hugh Jackman until he played Wolverine. Uh, that's a good point. Also, after yeah. he played Wolverine, and while playing Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> He does bring a big musical theater energy to it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is boring. Josh Jackson is six foot one. That's no Jesus good. Christ. Yeah, that's too yeah. tall. <laughs> You're just remembering him as, like, playing a teen, so you think he's small. I was thinking of him. He was the one on Fringe, right? Who knows? Yes. I have no idea. Yes, well. he was, according to this, yes. Okay, yeah. I just remember him on Fringe being, like, a creepy, stalkery dude, and for some reason that translates to short in my mind. I think our best choice is Kevin Hart if we're doing comedy X-Men. Yeah, I think you're right. Are we doing comedy X-Men? If we're I doing... guess there's not really a good way to do any other kind of X-Men. No, I, I feel like Kevin Hart has a lot of manic energy, which is what you want. If we want, if we have to do a serious one, I'm sure Scott Kahn is not busy, and he's also 5'4", so... I don't like him, though. Yeah, I don't even... When I was a kid, always thinking if if Wolverine was a real guy, it would be, um, who's the guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his face? Bob Hoskins. Bob, Bob Hoskins. Hoskins. How tall was he? Dead. Yeah, how tall was Bob Hoskins? I feel like Five, he was six. It's not bad. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. I just remember, did you guys see, um, Unleashed? That movie he did with Jet Li. No, but of course you did, because it had of Jet course, Li Of course, I love Jet Li. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Bob Hoskins is, like, the guy who brainwashes Jet Li into being an, an amazing fighter. Uh, and obviously there's a fight scene between the two of them. And obviously Bob Hoskins gets his clock cleaned. But, like, <laughs> he's all hairy and angry. And, like, yeah, in that moment, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is, this is my Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, all right, good. Yeah. But well, we did a good job, I think. But yeah, we've definitely. cast this X-Men 
movie, finally. Yep. Yes. And, of so, course, Jean Grey, played by Billie Eilish. Going on. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I don't like the Wolverine <laughs> casting we've done now, suddenly. <laughs> Not that it was great before when Jean Grey was, like, 45 and Wolverine was 100. <laughs> But it's definitely not better now that she's 18 and he's 100. (laughs) Uh, Have we talked enough about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? No, I don't think there's ever an amount that we could talk enough about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. (laughs) I think that everyone expected Jim Carrey to be terrible in it, and I think he was the best part of it. Do we all agree? He changed the scenery to everyone's delight. He delivered the best performance in the movie, for sure, but the character as written was insufferably awful. Yeah, that's that's true. But he did the best he could, and I think that's pretty good. I think that, I genuinely think that if he didn't have the Jim Carrey manic energy, then this movie, I fell asleep once during it, (laughs) I think I would have fallen asleep many more times during this I suffered through the entire thing, fully awake, conscious, aware of my faults. (laughs) (laughs) There's an extremely long car chase sequence that I fell asleep during. And I know you're saying, Sonic in a car chase sequence? Why doesn't he just get out and run? And that's a great question that is never addressed in this movie, listener. He does get out and run to go to the world's biggest rubber band ball and to do a spin dash against a robot car that only works temporarily. Yeah. Yeah, so if Sonic can move much faster than everybody and everything... Why doesn't he why get out does and he push? James, why does he need James Marston at all? He needs friends. Movie? That's the whole point of the movie. <clears throat> he says but, that he doesn't know how to find San Francisco. Yeah. Okay, but maps exist. Yeah, just and give he him knows a map. About them. Yeah, he knows about car insurance. He must know about maps. Yeah, he has a map of, of like, interdimensional travel. Yes, but the thing he's not saying is that he needs friends. He might not even know it himself how much he needs friends, but that's why. Everything about him is crying out for James Marsden to go on this road trip with him. I mean, yes, it's just, like, the flimsiest conceit ever <laughs> in yes. a movie where you could have come up with some reason why they needed to come together to just be like, well, I ran west, like you said, and I couldn't find San Francisco, so I guess I will severely hinder my quest in order to have you come with me. Yeah, you know. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, you got me there, I guess. <laughs> uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Oh, boy. Uh, well, you took mine talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I went and saw a different movie. I went and saw the adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, starring Anya Taylor-Joy and a bunch of other people. Bill Nighy is in there. Um <laughs> It's pretty Did good. You like it, Jen yeah. To see it, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really fun, entertaining, beautifully shot, well acted. Costumes are incredible. Have you read the book? Because I hate the book. I have not, but I, I did see right. Clueless when I was a child. Does that count? <laughs> uh, I mean, it certainly helps. Okay. Uh, so this one stars Anya Taylor-Joy as the eponymous Emma Woodhouse. Uh, and she's a, a total asshole, but you kind of like her. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then it stars as her uh, wimpy friend, um, Harriet Mia Goth, who does just an incredible job. I don't, I, I know this name cause she's like sort of famous, but I don't, like she's some kind of model. She hasn't really been in much. She was in A Cure for Wellness, a movie that sucked. And she was in the remake of Suspiria, which I didn't see. And then she was in uh, Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac, which I'm not going to watch because it's five and a half hours long and uh, uncomfortably horny. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, no, I don't think I know her at all. 
Um, yeah, you probably wouldn't. Uh, but she does an amazing job in this movie. She's so funny and good. Um, wait, her, wait, her full name is Mia Gypsy Mellow Da Silvia Goth. Yep. That's too much. Yeah, that's too many yeah. names. Also, you, she's, you are not allowed to be this not goth if your last name is goth. Oh wait, she's uh she's of Portuguese descent. That's why she has a complicated name according to Wikipedia. Her maternal name is Melo da Silva and her paternal name is Goth. So why is Gypsy in there? I guess that's her middle name. Huh. It's not a good middle name. It's not. Maybe her no. parents are like stoners or something. They're definitely <laughs> racists. That does make sense. But can we get back to why she doesn't have black hair and like bat tattoos and stuff? (laughs) If your Uh, name is Goth, you've got a you've got a vibe already picked out for you. uh, Her like career as a model and being in a horror movie directed by Gore Verbinski tells me otherwise that she is actually very goth. Um, uh, maybe, that maybe she's happened- like in goth and out the other side. Sorry, what? Uh, something that's happened to me in real life that you would not believe if it was in a movie is I used to work with a girl who was very uh, pale and blonde and blue-eyed and her name was Raven. Mm-hmm. And eventually as I knew her better, I'm like, why did your parents name you Raven though? Mm-hmm. And her mother's best friend her whole life uh, died right before was Raven uh, Simone. Raven- Raven was born, and her name was Raven, so she was named for her. Mm-hmm. But that's so bizarre. <laughs> so, yeah. But real life doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, this is why I heard of her before. She was married to Shia LaBeouf for a while. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was wondering why I kept seeing pictures of her with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Wait, do you not like Shia LaBeouf, Louisa? <laughs> yeah, of course I don't. What's wrong with him to you? He <laughs> stole that guy's artwork and writing, oh, right. and then yeah. was like... I I did steal it, but uh, isn't any type of art stealing if you think about it? <laughs> like, that was his fucking excuse, and he never really said sorry? Yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Uh, fuck I, that guy. I guess my standards are so low no- now that as long as he didn't, like, murder <laughs> or sexually violate someone, I'm like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean but have you considered people, that but... extremely good Shia LaBeouf song that came out many years ago? Oh, that's yeah, he is an actual cannibal. Yes. <laughs> oh, that, Christ. That might be my favorite thing that I've ever seen on the internet. <laughs> might be my favorite thing with Shia LaBeouf in it. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite thing with Shia LaBeouf in it. Ooh, but no, what about that one Sia video? I have not seen it, but I doubt that at any point he gets down on all fours and chases someone through the woods to gnaw their leg off. He does get down on all fours and chase someone, but he does not chew any legs off. Ah, well. Um, Anyway, I enjoyed this movie, Emma. It was pretty good. Uh, The director was making her directorial debut, uh, feature debut. She directed, like, music videos and is a photographer. Uh, Mm. So she also photographed the very nice-looking posters. Uh, of the movie. Um, go see it or wait to rent it. Pretty good. It's funny. Uh, they build up towards like one moment of very mild cruelty from the main character. And because of the way they've paced it, it's so devastating. Mm, is this where she makes fun of the poor, uh, kind of out of touch character? Yes. And she uh, like, yeah. like you're on her side mostly, even though she's kind of an asshole. Uh, and then like the mean joke is so mild and mm-hmm. like just thoughtless, like, ha ha ha, we all know. Um, and then everyone is like, 
record scratch. What? Excuse <laughs> yeah. me? Uh, it's so good. Oh, man, I love it. Is there an actual record scratch in the movie? No, that would be fun, though. Uh, it was, well, then I'm not seeing it. I really love this new thing that we're doing where we're, like, um, where we're doing costume dramas, but, like, they're fast-paced and, like, clever to a modern audience. I think Jane Austen always was that, though. Just some of the adaptations of her work have been very stodgy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, we're not doing okay. stodgy adaptations anymore. I They're fun helps. only now. I think it helps that there's a lot more movies being made of books that were primarily for a female audience being mm-hmm. made by female directors. Mm. Yes, I totally agree with that. So was this movie done uh, uh, straight, like as if it is 18th century England and like everything's as if it was really happening? Yes, it is. Okay. It is not in any way fantastical uh, or okay. reset at all. Does Grindelwald show up and do some crimes? <laughs> uh, he, mm, sort of. I don't want to spoil what Colin Farrell's up to in the movie. <laughs> Uh, um, have you seen, Jeff, have you seen the Pride and Prejudice made a few years ago that was, uh, Kira Knightley was the star? I did not. Was that yeah, a few like years that. ago or was that 2005? That's a few years ago. <laughs> that's 15 years ago. <laughs> no, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, that movie came out in 2005. I think you might enjoy it if you enjoyed this movie because it's a very good, faithful adaptation that, like, uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Okay. It is Kira Knightley's terrible face in it, though. Okay, well. Her face her is actually very good. You're wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's just. I don't know. She just always looks like she's on the verge of tears, and it makes me angry. She does grit her teeth a lot. That kind of gets on my nerves. Uh, but she is very beautiful. She's got good cheekbones. Yeah. Um. I what I, mean, I so does James Marsden, but that doesn't make Sonic the Hedgehog more watchable. <laughs> yeah, but like you're not watching Pride and Prejudice for the CGI Hedgehog. You're watching it for Keira Knightley. <laughs> is there no CGI Hedgehog in it? Yeah, there is, but you, that's not why you're watching. Oh. Yeah, that's Mr. Darcy is a CGI does. Hedgehog in this version. I'd watch. Watch it. Uh, is this okay? So I'm going to assume, um, based on the sensibilities of the the time of the source material, the that sense and sensibilities. Yeah, uh, got them. Uh, that all of these adaptations uh, have so much sexual tension that comes bursting forth when people uh, chastely kiss in the last half hour. Yes. Yeah, that was a very good thing in this movie that is the horniest movie I've ever seen, and nobody kisses until the last 30 minutes. Yes, I think that's something that uh, gets lost a lot of the time. If you set up your movie the right way to make people excited about something minor, you can do it. If you do a good job with your movie, you can make that happen. Yeah, people just like exchanging looks and touching hands, and you're like, oh my god, this is pornography. (laughs) Yep. Pretty good. Uh, All right, uh, wiki time? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Oh boy, we got a good one. Woo woo woo. We got one. We woo woo. It's the Doctor Who wiki. TARDIS oh, data core. I the Ghostbusters wiki after I did that extended Ghostbusters reference. <laughs> oh no, how do I close this ad? Mm. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I think it's This week is The Clone Wars, the final season. Oh, now hell yes. <laughs> I watched that uh, first episode. It's pretty good. It's about some clones that are terrible. Well, that seems to be the the thrust of the whole series, as I understand no, it. No, the clones are the good guys. What? Then why are we warring them? No, we're not warring them. They're warring against robots. 
Uh-oh. Clones versus robots. Why do we need to get involved or know anything about it then? We, we don't. don't because of the clones. <laughs> they do it for us. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, so forgetting all that, my background is just plain gray. Does that sound right? Oh, mine's blue like the mine's TARDIS. purple. Whoa. Okay. So like outer space maybe? I don't know. I, I like it though. It's like a deep purple. <laughs> okay. And then the body of the thing says TARDIS Data Core. Doctor Who Wiki. Welcome to the TARDIS. We're the wiki for the BBC action adventure and science fiction franchise Doctor Who along, along with its spinoffs like Torchwood, the Sarah Jane Adventures, Class, and several others. What is Class? It was the spinoff based on um, Clara's uh, school where she taught at. Oh, God. That explains why that season made no fucking sense and was terrible. No, they were referencing some other terrible series that I needed to watch, I guess. They didn't. Class didn't start until after that weird season. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. I hated that season so much, and they tried to make me care about that school, and I hated it. And it... uh, Ugh. Mm. (laughs) Uh, so the thing right under that says your new friends, and if you're going to watch the uh, 2018 series of Doctor Who, you need to be prepared to make some new friends. Because this year, the adventures of travel in time and space is all about the value of friendship. Here's this year being two years ago? For the journey, yes. Okay. Uh, and there's the Doctor, Ryan, Yaz, and Graham. I am guessing Ryan, Yaz, and Graham are companions, and that's too many companions. I'm gonna put my foot down there and say that. Yep, it's true. One, one man, one vote. Yeah. What? Okay, what? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think one companion is fine. Two, you're pushing it. Mm, is Are we getting into weird polyamory territory here? Uh, I also don't like the pictures of the characters are like um, paintings of photos where every detail is too sharp. So like their eyes are too sparkly and their teeth are too visible. Like yeah, it's freaking to- me out. <laughs> To go back to what we were saying before about Disney World, these remind me of the Mm -hmm. posters that they have to look like modern versions of retro ads for things in Tomorrowland. Yes. Mm. So it's freaking me out a little bit. It's like a Snapchat filter where everything is turned up, so everything is the focus. Well, yeah, those are the characters. Uh, They have to make them look different from the actors who play them. (laughs) Which, there's pictures of them right underneath, and they do not look different, except they look like regular humans. Exactly. Uncanny Valley monsters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that Three Companions is fine. Okay. You haven't been watching it, though, so. No, that's true. Uh, but I watched the much worse seasons that had three companions, like when, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Chris Eccleston was hanging out with Rose and her wimpy boyfriend and, uh, John Barrowman. I that's, didn't watch it. That's true, although that was the best season. Yeah, but it was, like, bad. I mean, it was bad that they were all there, but they were no. only there for, like, one episode. No, I mean, like, Doctor Who is bad, but, like... <laughs> yeah. He, that was the best of those Doctors. Yes. Chris Eccleston is the best Doctor Who. Yep, we all agree. I thought Matt Smith is okay. I never watched any David Tennant stuff. Oh, he was fine. Uh, People like him a lot because he was on it for a long time and because a lot of the best episodes were starring him, but he was adequate. They maybe like him for horny reasons, though, as I understand it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Everyone is horny for him. And then they were like, oh, but what if we put this other, like, weird horny guy, Matt Smith, in there? And then everyone was instantly like, no. Yeah, what if (laughs) we pick someone- No sexuality here whatsoever. Yeah, we need someone even more angular. Yes. Uh, I think people were probably thirstier for, uh, what's-his-face, Peter Capaldi, than they were for Matt Smith. Part of it is that Matt Smith played the Doctor as a child. Mm, True. Uh, So I do 
so far, really like this wiki just because it actually gave you a mission statement and like tried to introduce you to it. Like maybe you're people who are coming here and want to find out some stuff. Yeah, the fact that the first sentence it just tells you that Doctor Who is an action and science fantasy franchise, like, mm-hmm. is miles ahead of <laughs> the the bleep blop wars two wiki. Yeah. So that's very good. I kind of like their stylistic choice, which is that it's everything's navy and like a sepia tone and yellow for this. Yep. Uh, this yeah. Year. Oh yeah, it's like the the lo- the current logo for the show, which is nice. Mm. Um, so I so just side note, I did start playing Bleep Blop Wars too, and um, mm-hmm. I know a lot more about the lore now than I did on oh. episode sixty nine when we covered it. Cool. Does that help? Yeah. No, that was all made up. We didn't. Yeah, cover I know. Bleep Blop Wars I was too. trying to keep it going. <laughs> so, I was saying. To the lore help you? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it does. It helps you. You can see the Konami code if you know the reason why you have to. <laughs> so if you, enter it, you don't know the reason why it doesn't work? I mean, it just doesn't make sense why you have infinite ammo if you don't know. <laughs> so I've been looking around for recent activity, and a lot of the wikis have that on the main page, and this one doesn't seem to. Uh, you have to go think... through Explore and then Wiki Activity. Okay. Do you think since it talks about new 2018, is it has it not been updated in a while? Uh, no, I think that that is just, like, still the current season, right? Yeah, somebody has been oh, updating the that. page okay. on Gareth Jones nonstop for the past nine minutes. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, there is a, another season past this one. This one ended on January 1st, 2019. Okay, I was afraid that it was an abandoned wiki, but it does not seem to Somebody be. updated the page on River Song 21 minutes ago. Uh-huh. I think that it is just because the 2018 series is a change in showrunner and in Doctor, so it's a good jumping on point. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about, I don't know, I I always worry when we are doing episodes about a thing that we all actually know something about that we will lose the audience who doesn't care about that thing. Well, I'm willing to be the everyman because I really don't know anything about Doctor Who. <laughs> I've yeah. watched it a bit, but I don't know much I, at all. I have watched one episode of the Jodie Whittaker uh, Doctor Who so far, so I, I'm lost on who uh, Graham and Ryan and Yasmin are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about the most recent season either. I'm just, like, flipping through recent activity, and there's this page on River Song, and it makes me mad that they introduced this interesting other character who is also a Time Lord and is able to regenerate and do all the things that Time Lords do, and then they instantly took away all of her regeneration so that that's not a thing anymore. Like, as if it's somehow this holy thing that Alex Kingston has to be the River Song that we all know. Yeah. Can you imagine how much more fun it would be if uh, River Song showed up now and Jodie Whittaker is the Doctor and she was like, oh, okay, well then, like, you know, let's have fun, like, romantic flirting as we're both women, or then I come back as a man, and, like, it would be so much cooler and interesting, and it's just, they they took this character and turned her into a one-note violent psychopath. I mean, she also (laughs) dies in her first appearance on the show, so... Yeah, but, yeah, because Doctor Who has never explained its way out of something like that. (laughs) No, I mean, like, it's just... The point of the character was never to have her keep being 
around. It was like, we met her when, like, the doctor's first meeting her, and she's dying. And then we do Time Traveler's Wife backwards for three seasons. Yes, I certainly understand that. But my point is, the point that the character was introduced for doesn't have to be the only thing. I guess so. like, that season, the whole point of it was, it's a romance, but they're experiencing it in opposite directions. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a clever thing. But then when that's over, just fucking explain it away. Oh, that computer that she ended up in? Uh, we put her consciousness into a new body, because we can do that because we're Time Lords. The end. Done. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. man. See, Matt, you're worried that we're going to alienate people who don't know anything about Doctor Who. I have a feeling we're also going to alienate people who do know anything about yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> everyone who knows and enjoys Doctor Who is turning off the podcast in anger. <laughs> yeah, because everyone is so married to the idea of River Song. I guess a lot of people do like River Song for some reason. Um, do. Yeah. Did you guys ever try and go back and watch old Doctor Who's? Once. No, I for seen like clips. fifteen minutes. I watched one, and I was like, "I don't have to do this." <laughs> <laughs> was it the one? Uh, was it one of the ones that Douglas Adams wrote? Uh, yes, maybe. Yeah. I, I got know. I got like forty five minutes into one of those. I don't know what happened. Uh, the one with the scarf and the fedora was eating pastries in France and then doing a running montage across Paris, and I was bored. I really wish that you just said eating paste. <laughs> like there were no jokes uh the dialogue was recorded from across the room through thick panes of glass i'm assuming from how it sounded Mm -hmm. god just insufferable to watch yeah Yeah, a lot of british tv of the time was like that though yeah tv used to not really need to do anything because it was so everyone was so busy being like oh my god (laughs) how do they make these pictures move and oh there's a train driving through my house (laughs) yeah i need to move all of my stuff out of the way before this train comes out of the tv you know i have to remember that tvs were so small and the resolution was so bad a lot of the time that what you were watching needed to be basically no more complicated than a stage play yeah, I mean, I probably, uh, nope, I forget what I was going to say, it's gone. Oh, oh well. That I was mean, weird. we were all dumber in the past, we all agree, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're getting smarter literally every day. Yes, we are, that's what evolution is, as I understand. <laughs> it's trending upwards, but it's certainly not like each day I'm smarter than I was yesterday. No, I am. Yeah. You might be different, but that is how I'm doing it. <laughs> well, each day, Louisa is smarter than Jeff was yesterday. Yeah, rip, <laughs> rip to your co-host, but I'm different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so I got a random page. You want to okay. hear about it? Yeah, yeah tell sure. me. It has almost no information on it. I put it in there for you. Uh, this is Gareth Wynne Griffiths. Gareth Wynne Griffiths played a manservant in the Doctor Who television story, The Girl in the Fireplace. Oh, yes. Okay. I liked that one. And then this wiki does something that will make Matt happy. They simply link to Gareth Wynne Griffiths at the Internet Movie Database. Pretty good. Although yeah. it would help if they had a picture of this guy so that I wouldn't yeah, need to click through to know who they were talking about. Oh, there's not a picture of him on this one either. Great. <laughs> Cool. Uh, yes, uh, so I don't know anything about this guy, but interestingly, I have heard the name of that episode of Doctor Who that I haven't it, seen, because that was quite famous. It's one of the famous. most famous ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, people will recommend that or Blink as, like, here's an example of the show being good instead of starting at the beginning when it's still bad. Yes, mm-hmm. people who have good taste will re- recommend Blink because it's actually very good, and people who like dumb sci-fi bullshit will recommend this one because it's stupid and I hate it. Oh, <laughs> what? Oh, no, so I like seen it. it. You've seen it, then you say. Yes. 
Okay. I've seen all of the ones from the beginning of Chris Eccleston up through the first Jodie Whittaker, and that's all I've seen of it. I think I saw all the way to the end of Peter Capaldi, which is almost identical. Yeah. Um, I think that Peter Capaldi's seasons were probably the best ones. Um, no. I don't know if he was the best at playing the Doctor. I liked him, but I think that the, like, rate, the hit rate was highest. The thing that Louisa always said about it that made me, when I was watching it, like, it rang so true, is that it was so (laughs) the fantasy of an old white man being relevant and having a young pretty girl be interested in him. Yeah. And that's gross. And made me upset. The fact that he rides on a parade float or a medieval cart, I don't even remember what it was, but he comes in playing an electric guitar with sunglasses on. Yes. (laughs) Fuck off! No, it's funny. It's not. too obvious. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that I mean, it's very obvious that uh, whoever wrote that, I assume it was What's-His-Face. Yeah, that guy. That one guy? That one guy. You know. What is his name? God damn it. (laughs) I don't remember either. (laughs) I know who you're talking about, though. I can see his... Jeff, uh, I know you know. Why aren't you saying it? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. The guy who wrote, like, all of Doctor Who. The, like, first showrunner of the revival? Russell T. Davies? No, Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat, okay. Yeah, he was very good at writing episodes, and then he became the showrunner and became very bad at writing episodes. Yes, like, and uh, the I same thing bet- that happened to, uh, what's his name? Shit! Oh, fuck! I've done it too now! <laughs> <laughs> My point is, he... The thing that I've always had a problem with of his episodes is that he thinks that he understands what's cool, and he definitely doesn't. And then when he was the showrunner, Doctor Who decided to get Sonic sunglasses and play the electric guitar all the time, and, like, sing rock lyrics to himself. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is a dad's idea of cool. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And the person I was trying to think of was George Lucas, so... <laughs> I Jesus that Christ! There we go, I've done it. Good job. Can we talk for one second about the fact that Jeff and I went to college with a guy named Steve Moffat, but it was a different guy? Uh, yeah. Okay. It was very cool. All right. As, as opposed to this Steve Moffat who sucks. Do you think in the world there's two people with the same name for every name, and one of them's very cool and one of them really sucks? Yep. Oh, God, which one I am I? Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. We'd have to find our other counterparts, huh? There's a, there's a Matt Heron out there who's a very good photographer that took pictures that, like, won prizes and exposed war crimes and stuff, and he's definitely the cool one. <laughs> oh, Is there, um... Like, if I go and find the other Jeff Kowalski and he's cool and I kill him, do I become the cool one? Only if you scream, I will be the one, and then do some cool kung fu, like in that movie. You drink his blood before he dies. Okay. Uh, And then I make him drink my blood. (laughs) You have to be the uncool one now, other Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I have the same name as my dad, does that mean he's the cool one? Hmm. Does it middle name count? It has to be all the same three names? No. Yeah, oh, I can't be right. Damn, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the I think that you're the cool one, Jeff. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad. Uh Matt, tell us about your random page. Okay, I got a random page which is the Lord Mayor of Cardiff. Mm, we just uh almost mentioned Cardiff earlier. <laughs> yeah, we certainly almost did. <laughs> Cardiff being the coolest city in Wales, it's I guess. Certainly sure. the city in Wales. Yes. It's probably <laughs> the only city in Wales. <laughs> 
Matt and I have been to Wales, by the way. Yes, <laughs> Several true. times. We have yeah. family who still live in Wales. You're allowed to say it. <laughs> it's true. Um, so the reason the Lord Mayor of Cardiff is important is because in the first season of the Doctor Who reboot with Chris Eccleston, uh, it turns out, spoiler alert, that the Lord Mayor is actually an alien in a human skin suit and trying to kill everyone. Oh, gee, shock. What a yeah, surprise. That's the plot of, most that's the plot of every Who. episode that's of Doctor Who. That's the plot of every episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, it's fine. It's a, it's a pretty okay episode. I mean, like... <clears throat> It's shocking how well they did in that first season of the reboot of making the special effects still suck ass. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think was intentional, but I'm not sure. <laughs> mm. That's being very generous. Well, it certainly it certainly uh, reminds you of the history of the show, which I think was the point of the reboot at first, was just like, we're going to do one season of this sort of like... Uh, sassy sort of send-up of the old series that everyone liked. But then it actually was pretty good, and everyone liked this one as well. (laughs) Yeah. I, um... I enjoyed quite a bit the fact that most of the bad guys in that first season are just, um... dudes with very bad costumes. Like, bad rubber costumes. Yes. Yep. Which, again, I feel like that's... Yeah. That's That's true of all sci-fi at the time. Yeah. That's what a Doctor Who villain should be. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to look like. I mean, in a way, I feel like later seasons of Doctor Who are a lot like the the Star Trek movies with um, Chris Pine (laughs) in them, where, like, I don't want the Klingons to look good. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want uh, Doctor Who to be sexy. Well, I... (laughs) Debatable. Yeah, but I certainly don't want the aliens to look like they could be actually aliens. Yeah. I want them to look like a dude in a terrible costume. That's what's fun about this show. It's absolutely yeah. just gotta be Simon Pegg dressed up as the snow miser. That's yes. the bad guy. The fact that I, when he was a villain, all they did was spray blue hairspray into his, like, mustache. <laughs> now he's an alien. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, that is very good. Yeah. Um, the yeah, perfect so show. That, I, I don't know if the reason I like Chris Eccleston's season so much is because of that, or because it was the least horny season of the Doctor reboot, but mm. the thing is, I absolutely loathe how much they made of Doctor Who possibly fucking his companion in the later seasons. I don't know. I feel like the Matt Smith thing was he was not interested in sex at all. Very childlike, like you said, but that then they had to have Amy uh, have, what's his name? The husband? Rory. Uh, yeah. That was good. I, I actually think that might be my second favorite season, is where it was Amy and Rory around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, okay, but now we need to put Clara in here so that he can try to fuck her again. Yeah. We, so, we've already established the, that he's a that baby the, child. That's why it's disgusting. Yeah. And that's like <laughs> the horniest season of Doctor Who, is them like constantly, <laughs> accidentally almost touching each other's genitals. That's that whole season. Um, have you considered, though, Clara's hot? No, I don't think she is. I think she's insufferable. Maybe the actress who plays her is attractive, but, like, the character is insufferable. Here's the she thing. so smug. I think I might just be attracted to annoying women. Mm, that would <laughs> I, explain a lot. <laughs> I think that part of, I think that a, a weird, messed up part of my sexuality might be that I think when a woman is annoying, that's hot. <laughs> 
I mean, that would explain a lot of things. Yeah. On all of Jeff's ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Maybe they're just very demanding and you just want someone to push you around. Like the She-Hulk. Mm, the the She-Hulk. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> One of the She-Hulks. Yeah. Uh, specifically Red She-Hulk. <laughs> I think you need Did a they... Skeletor in your life, Jeff. That's true. Skeletor no. is very demanding. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to bone down like that. with that guy. Bone down! Get it? Oh, yes! Get it? Yeah, how come his skull isn't metal? <laughs> stop, stop it. What if Skeletor... Wait, okay. Uh-huh. Have they established that He-Man takes place in the distant future when all of society is broken down? Why the hell? I, I know where you're going with this. Why the hell yes. would they establish that? <laughs> because... Well, it's the only thing that makes sense. Why are humans barbarians in space? It, it's just an alternate dimension. No, I think it's gotta be the distant future, and I think that Skeletor is just Wolverine who's been alive for billions of years Mm -hmm. and lost his mind. Yeah, and his skin, because who needs skin? Yeah, Yeah, where we're going, we don't need skin. He peels the skin off his face every morning when he wakes up, like how you shave. Yep, he does that with his skin. This is an amazingly great reboot of a key man. Is it? Yes. I'm not sure. I will say this, as a person who watched He-Man a lot as a toddler, I don't really remember the plot of it, but I'm pretty sure this makes more sense than that plot ever did. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> well, it's one of those shows where, uh, to help you, the viewer, uh, buy in, there is no plot, so you can put yourself into whatever situation you want. That's probably true. Is there ever uh, an episode where he fights the Witcher on the cartoon? <laughs> Saturday morning cartoon Witcher? That would be awesome. Be. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be a great team up actually witcher and yeah He-Man. you find out that some of these creatures are coming from the dimension that he-man's from and then they have to yeah yeah With witcher witcher versus masters of the universe do it make it happen dc comics i think they own the rights to masters of the universe do they okay i'm trying to figure out the plot of he-man now hold on um, um there's Skeletor's a man he wants to take over but he-man is gonna stop him from doing that in the end yep she-ra is there sometimes too yep and Jeff always implies that they have a relationship, even though they are brother and sister, and Jeff forgets that every time. Yeah, I do, because I don't know anything about He-Man or She-Ra, because as we've established, it's impossible to know anything about He-Man or She-Ra. That's true. I'm genuinely trying to figure out if there was a plot to this series, though. Uh, the uh, plot was, will you please buy toys? And he says, buy the power of Grayskull, and then he becomes yeah, He-Man? Yeah, this is what I'm trying to figure see? out, is... Is he from Grayskull? I guess he has a sword from Grayskull. I think Grayskull is the castle where he lives. Yeah, it is. You had that place at, Matt. You had Castle Grayskull. Yes, I know this. I know this. My point is, like, is there a plot, is there a background plot of, like, Grayskull used to be this kingdom that then fell into ruin, and he's, like, the scion of the power of this thing, or, like, I think what there... is Grayskull? Where did yeah. it come from? I think there actually is, and I don't remember it, but I think there's a reason that he lives in, like, basically a haunted house castle. <laughs> I think there is a reason for that. I remember that he has a friend who's a ghost of a wizard. <laughs> Yes, named that's Orko, true. maybe? Oh my yes. god, do you know why uh, Masters of the Universe uh, exists in the first place? To sell toys, you're right. Uh, yes, to sell toys. for kids? Yes, but specifically because Mattel uh, accidentally dec- declined the license to make Star Wars toys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, and then they were like, oh no, that's the biggest mistake anyone has ever made. <laughs> Guys, then, I'm genuinely using Google to try to find anyone who can explain the plot of He-Man, and it just does not exist. Like, IMDB says on the page, no one has submitted a possible plot for He-Man. If you have one, please submit it here. 
I'm looking at the synopsis on Wikipedia. I will read you it right now. Okay. The series takes place on Eternia, a planet of magic, myth, and fantasy. Its lead character is Prince Adam, the young son of Eternia's rulers, King Randor and Queen Marlena. Whenever mm-hmm. Prince Adam holds the Sword of Power aloft and claims proclaims by the power of Grayskull, he is endowed with fabulous secret powers and transformed mm-hmm. into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Together with his close allies, and then a long list of allies, He-Man uses his powers to defend Eternia from the evil forces of Skeletor. Skeletor's mm-hmm. main goal is to conquer the mystic forces of Castle Grayskull for unknown reasons. The end. For unknown reasons! <laughs> Incredible. <sighs> Good stuff. Skeletor would have, if successful, Skeletor would have enough power to rule of all of Eternia and possibly the entire universe. Okay. What does <laughs> that guess. mean? What does it mean? None of it is like these characters did did this in the past, want to do this in the future, and are doing this in the present. You know, a plot. <laughs> This is blowing my mind, this one-sentence description of Skeletor, which is, He-Man's archenemy was Skeletor, a blue-skinned sorcerer with a yellow skull for a head. Halfway between my a mind. skeleton and yeah. She-Hulk. <laughs> I assumed he was a skeleton with muscles, and this is assuming he's a muscle guy with a skull head. I mean, yeah. look at him. Uh, you mean Wolverine a thousand years in the future? Yes, you're right. <laughs> he's very clearly a muscle guy with a skull head, though. Like, he has a muscled body. You're telling me that a sorcerer got this ripped? <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it. You're telling if me you a shrimp fried this why rice? Bother? Sorcerers are shaped like the sorcerers, and I don't remember their actual name, from uh, Dragon Warrior, where they're just kind of dumpy guys in robes. Yeah, sorcerers should be all dad bods. We should start calling it Sorcerer Bod instead. Uh, yeah. So in the 2002 series, Skeletor got an origin story where he was once a man named Keldor, whose face got splashed with acid. Oh, I have heard that. It's very stupid. Um, he summoned the devil uh, to save his life, but the devil took his face. All right. It says a dark entity, but that just means the devil. Yep. All right. Oh man, not to not to circle back too much, but do it on the Defunct Land YouTube videos. There's one of it's called the scariest ride that Disney ever made. Apparently, in Tokyo Disney, they had a like a walkthrough attraction called uh, uh, Cinderella's Dungeons. Mm-hmm. where you would go under the Cinderella's castle in the middle of the park and you'd find all of the villains from all the Disney movies were in the dungeons down there. Uh, and one of them was the the horned lord from the Black Cauldron. And when you went into his room, he would seal the doors and then tell you he was going to sacrifice you all to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. That was very good. That it's extremely ass. good. There's a video of the whole thing and it's so good. <laughs> Oh, man. I feel like I want to watch He-Man and She-Ra again, but I wouldn't enjoy it. Uh, so the, uh, the, the original plot, like, before the cartoon existed, the plot that was, like, mini-comics that came with the toys, did not have Eternia, uh, or Prince Adam. He-Man was just, like, a a jungle-dwelling barbarian Stone Age guy. Guys, I, I need to read to you this 12 insane facts about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that I just found because it's okay. amazing. All right. Okay. The reason I got here is because when I was looking up He-Man, you know how Google has that like suggested other searches? Yeah. One of them was, is Skeletor He-Man's uncle? What the <laughs> hell? I clicked on it and apparently the answer is yes. <laughs> That's too specific of a question for yeah, any other answer. But, like, 
That's crazy. Also, okay, number one fact. He-Man is actually half-human. I'm not going to read the rest uh, of this. What's the other half, though? <laughs> skeleton. That's why he's got a skeleton inside him. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, he's half-skeleton on his mom's side. Yeah. I guess his mom was a, a human from Earth that was in a... Her, she was a NASA astronaut. Whoa, that's Excuse crazy. me? And she yeah. landed on the planet of the apes, and his other half is intelligent ape. Her yep. shuttle was knocked off course and landed on Eternia, where she was found by King Randor, who married her. <laughs> and <laughs> just so get- happened to be biologically compatible with her. I guess so. Okay. Number two, Skeletor is He-Man's uncle. Fine. <laughs> on, on which side? <laughs> on his dad's side, I'm assuming? Since- <laughs> it better be. <laughs> since Bob's from Earth. From Earth. <laughs> Skeletor is actually the shuttle that the mom flew there in. Yep, he's like a brainiac type figure. Yep. Uh, number three, Skeletor is legitimately blue. I guess that's that's, okay, that's so fine. I guess that- Were you assuming he painted himself? Like, yeah, he's legitimately blue. What do you mean? Well, all the action figures are just different colors of muscles, just like uh, they, the way they draw comic book yeah. superheroes. So, like, it could have been just spandex. Apparently, Keldor is a Gar, which is an ancient blue-skinned race that assassinated the original King Grayskull. This huh. is just the plot of Thor. This <laughs> this is the plot that they retroactively jammed in there when they had to make it have a plot in the 2000s. When they needed it not to be so much of a ripoff of Conan the Barbarian, which I'm obviously not was joking when I say reading this that I think that this might be the the plot they ripped off of for the the movie Thor that Kenneth Branagh directed. <laughs> like, literally. Sure. Uh, so, the king's brother, Keldor, wasn't actually his brother, but his adopted brother, but that was kept secret from him, and mm-hmm. his brother was a, a member of an ancient skin, blue-skinned race that assassinated <clears throat> the original King Grayskull, uh, mm-hmm. and have been reviled ever since. When Keldor discovered this, he tried to throw acid in his brother's face, it splashed back on him instead, and then he <laughs> made a, pro- uh, a pact with an evil conqueror to gain power. Like, this is just literally the plot of Thor. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, yeah. the plot of Thor in the movie was the same as the comics from the 60s. Well, okay, so then they ripped off, ripped off that to make this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tila is more important than He-Man to the plot of the story of He-Man. Who the Who's hell Tila? is Tila? She's the daughter of the sorceress, but she doesn't know that, right? What? What's that? Tila's the woman who looks like a bird, like her hair is like bird feathers and shit. She-Ra? Oh yes, you're right, you're right, yes, she's got like a weird feather cape. You're thinking of (laughs) She-Ra, He-Man's girlfriend famously. Uh, the person responsible for giving Prince Adam the Sword of Power is Mm -hmm. the sorceress, whose daughter is Tila, who has inherited all her power. So she's like the Merlin of this story. Right. Ah, okay. Uh, He-Man is a notorious cheapskate. What? What? (laughs) Sure, why not? He always wears the same thing. (laughs) Uh, what? The idiotic wizard jester Orko was named Gorpa. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, these are unbelievable <laughs> facts about He-Man. They're unknowable facts. I can't put them in my brain. Yeah, you'll go insane once you read the last one. <laughs> yes. 
number six, He-Man never hurt anybody. In all 130 episodes, he won't, he'll never use the sword for anything other than cutting obstacles or blocking lasers. Well, that's yeah. just a kid's cartoon thing. He yeah. never even punches a person except for a robot's. Yeah. yeah. You know how it is for old cartoon shows. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's the reason why every X-Men cartoon has to be uh, extremely sci-fi so that Wolverine has something to do. He, like, they give him robots to cut up. Yes. <laughs> the fact that you're like, okay, this guy who has knife hands needs to never hurt anyone, just don't make that show, you guys. Yeah, you just not- well, you can't make an X-Men cartoon and not put everyone's favorite <laughs> X-Man in it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other good, good ones. facts hey. here. Yeah. There's, there's not. A, Let's end the show. There's a character called Stinkor, which yeah, I think we, we all, all remember. Yeah, we all know Stinkor. The uh, action figure had a smell to it. Yep. Oh, he wait. And fought Spider-Man once. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Uh, I have to do my random page and then we can end the show. Oh, yes. uh, Tell me. I got lamp people. Here's the entirety of the page. Oh my god, I forgot we were talking about Dr. Who. Yeah, <laughs> the lamp people were a sapient species native to the planet Batafex. The species and their world were once encompassed into the mighty Gubbage Cone Empire. <laughs> were they actual lamp people? Uh, this is all from the short story, no, the novel The Crystal Bucephalus. Okay. Uh, well, it's a fifth doctor story. was the name of the of Baron Munchausen's horse, wasn't it? Uh yeah, well, there appears to be a crystal horse on the cover of this novel. It's got to have a reference Man. to classical uh, mythology, huh? Yeah, Abusephalus was apparently the name of Alexander the Great's horse, but also mm, the name go. of uh Baron Munchausen's horse. Yep. Uh, I can't believe I fucking pulled that. Good job. Nice work. Thanks. This is a 1994 <laughs> novel starring the Fifth Doctor, Tegan, and Vizlord Turlow. Tegan and Sarah. Yep, yep. the famous Doctor's companions, <laughs> Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> Florence and the Machine. There's some. <laughs> the Machine was a TARDIS. <laughs> what the hell is a gubbage cone? Yep. <laughs> Uh, hyper-intelligent mushrooms. Cool. There, there comes a time in every young man's life when he asks what the hell is a gubbage cone. Uh, bad effects is only in this goddamn novel with the lamp people. Yep. Don't know what those lamp people look like. Thanks, TARDIS Data Core. Thanks, literature, not having pictures. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I'm blaming the queen for this one somehow. So, they're yeah. from a written thing, then, you're saying? These yes, yes. Yeah, so a a novel from when the show was, uh, not currently on the air. Assuming that they're actually lamps that are sentient, <laughs> couldn't they have been something more interesting if it's just a fucking written word and it's not a TV show where you have to pretend that these yeah. characters are lamps? <laughs> I mean, lamp people allows you to imagine it. I was imagining That's those true. fish that have the, like, little glowing oh, okay. thing on a tendril on their forehead. Anglerfish. literal prop lamps that would be in a scene and then someone off screen would shake it so that it moves a little bit while you have someone speak for it. Oh, I'm imagining a Cyberman, but with a lamp on its head. Ooh, pretty good. That's a partying Cyberman right there. Yeah. <laughs> gotta throw a ranger. Really piss off that stodgy old Dean. <laughs> good, oh, good, boy. good callback. Let's, uh, let's I think that stop. might have been a callback to before the show started. Yeah, what if oh, damn, damn. Was just the universe's stodgy old Dean? Did you think about that? Always mm. telling people who are trying to just conquer the world a little bit to not have any more fun? Yeah, yeah you can true. have little to conquer the world as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's stop doing this show. Will I ever okay. stop referencing that meme? No. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about, but that's fine. I like it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you did, please rate, 
Wait, you did. Nope. You definitely did. If yeah, you did, you bastards. <laughs> if you're here, you're your family. You better just like in Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, okay, no, what I meant to say is if you liked the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, and please tell your friends about the show so that we can continue to grow. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, seeingreddit at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at hackthenetpod. Uh, and if you want to join our Discord so you can talk to us directly, you can do so by messaging us uh, on various platforms. I guess Mastodon mainly, because that's where we all are on social media. And that's I'm true. there at Matt Heron at Mastodon.cloud. You can find me over there, uh, JK at, uh, goddammit, Mastodon.cloud slash at JK. Just type that URL into your web phone and do it. <laughs> Uh, if you have a Google phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have a Google phone, because yeah, they make them. You nerd. Yep. Hey, how dare you? <laughs> uh, you uh, remember to say Snapchat and Instagram, okay. Jeff JK. I was going to say that, but you distracted me. I remembered this time. You can't prove I didn't. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everyone, for coming out. Please come back next time. But in the meantime, I am a hacker, and this is my manifesto. Ugh, Jesus Christ. It's always different, but it's never good. <laughs> <laughs>